Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host, but not GM, Azul, and today we are delighted to be playing Shiver Gothic. If you're a regular listener of Don't Forget Your Towel, you'll know Shiver as one of the first RPGs that we played on our podcast. You'll also know that we absolutely loved it. So, needless to say, we were thrilled to play Shiver Gothic, the first expansion to the Shiver TTRPG universe, which includes new rules, new character options, an absolutely enthralling original setting, and more. But enough gushing. If you're here from the Kickstarter, welcome to DFYT, the podcast that aims to play every RPG in existence or die trying. We sincerely hope that you all enjoy the story to come, weaved by one of the two crafty brains behind Shiver. So, lean back, cozy up, and if you like what you hear, you know what to do. Wink wink, nudge nudge. I mean, take a look at our other episodes. And with that, on with the show. Without a doubt, I will give it half a year. You will lose your sanity Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning in because today is a very special day for the DFYT crew. We are joined by one of our favorite, and I do mean this genuinely, not just like buttering you up, Charlie, one of our favorite game designers ever that we had, uh, I believe a year ago, a year and a half ago, I can't remember, it was one of our first episodes. We have Charlie with us. Hey Charlie, how's it going? Welcome back. Hello, Um, thank you for having me back. Yeah, no, it's um going really well. Uh, it's lovely to see you all again. It is strange how long it has been but it is it is uh, great to be here yeah oh yeah we just well, listeners for your benefit we just had a brief discussion before and we did not realize how long it had been since we last talked to, to each other but as you may have gathered we're here today to play the wonderful would you call it the expansion or the next step in the shiver yes so uh, ju- just a kind of a little bit about me and then the um and kind of the project we work on so um of course i'm charlie mentis i'm the kind of lead designer for shiver rpg so it is a kind of setting agnostic uh, horror RPG where you can kind of play anyone, anywhere, anytime and play as any kind of horror story. We launched a Kickstarter about two years ago and during our campaign we played a session with uh, Don't Forget Your Towel crew, which went wonderfully. Um, go back and check out that episode. Um, it was a great time. But now um, we're about to launch our second Kickstarter for our first expansion, Shiver Gothic. So Shiver Gothic is our attempt to reimagine um, kind of classic monsters and kind of all of our favourite kind of gothic horror elements. Um, it is also our first 
large-scale, unique setting, uh, which is set in the kind of walled city of Spirehome. So if any of you are kind of wanting, uh, really love your kind of city-based kind of investigating kind of down dark streets and corners, those kind of adventures, then this is really going to kind of scratch that itch for you. There's also an additional kind of book, which is called uh, The Disciples of Dregstone, which is more about what's happening under the city, but I won't spoil that. So if you want a subterranean um, adventure, that's also on the cards. And also we will be exploring new archetypes where you can play as monsters. So if you want to kind of put together your own League of Extraordinary Gentlemen style crew and your own monster squad, if you will, roam around the city and punch some crime with a big hairy fist, you can. And so yeah, we're really excited for it. Um, it's our kind of first big setting, big story, interconnected chapters, so you can kind of play a longer continuous story rather than just a one shot. So you can kind of play around with that. So it's taking Shiver in a new direction so we can kind of have players of different types who want that longer form adventure um, can have a really good time and a spooky one as well. That is exciting. So exciting. We're very much looking forward to it. Listeners, you will find the links to the Kickstarter in the description below. I believe it starts on the 1st of March. Is that right, Charlie? It is indeed, yes. We're launching on the 1st of March and we'll be um, funding kind of all through the month of March. So yeah, so make sure to, to check us out on launch day. Definitely. So when this episode is coming out, it will have already launched. So definitely check it out, guys. And we also have wonderful, wonderful Erin and wonderful, wonderful Isabel. Hey, guys, do you want to give us a brief, you know... The usual spiel. The usual spiel. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Erin. <laughs> yeah, not really a lot to report. So as usual, <laughs> follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Erin of Flaherty Actor. I imagine at some point you two will get so tired of it. It's just like, hi. <laughs> yeah. I need to like find some new like fun facts or something. That's a good idea. Maybe we should just come up with a different animal or geography fact for the podcast for each week. Just to have something to say Ooh. during COVID times. <laughs> That's the challenge. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm going to hold you to your words next time. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> I don't think I promised. I think that was a maybe. <laughs> anything from your side of the world? I mean, wait, your side of the country is about anything you want to tell my listeners? Your side of Auckland. <laughs> you were at my house earlier today, my side. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely nothing new. Everything is falling apart. The world is ending. <laughs> so, nothing new. But you can always. In the end, while there's still a world to do it in, follow me on Instagram at Isabel on Insta <laughs> or um, follow my public Facebook page, Isabel Cohen. Yeah, I do have some cool photo shoot photos coming out on my Instagram, though. That's been fun to release those. So if you want to see those. So cool. I was just about to say, like, there have been some fire photos coming out on Isabel's Instagram. So, <laughs> Oh, thank you. It was really fun to do. Um, not so podcast or RPG related. Although, mm -hmm. maybe. <laughs> not really. But follow me on Instagram anyway. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I really don't want to take any much more of your time, listeners, so I'm going to hand it over to Charlie and over to you. So, let's start with an introduction to the world of Spirehome. Deep in Eastern Europa, in the middle of the wild territories of Cravanthia, lies the city-state of Spirehome. High stone walls with thick wooden gates encompass this sprawling city, a bastion of safety from the treacherous wilds beyond its walls. Until now, secret monsters roam the streets, mysterious illnesses plague its citizens, and something dark has infested the city, beginning to rot it from its very core. 
Spire home and stories within it walls are inspired by our gothic literature, and you will find wandering around this 1800s city in its fog-filled air and cobbled streets, it's going to be quite a grim atmosphere. That said, we can still have some fun. So don your top hats and capes, people, and load up on stakes and holy water, and prepare to delve deep into our secrets of our fun and foul city. And where we place our story now is that the streets of Spirehome have become quite nervous of late. Something is stalking the alleyways, leaving grave soil in its wake. Cemeteries have been looted of corpses, and most recently, living people have been snatched from the streets of the West End as well. So, who has the need for so many bodies? And will you be able to stop their dark machinations before their plans are complete? So, how we have, um, we're manifesting your group coming together is that um, these disappearances and these, this body snatching has been going on for about the past two or three weeks now of Inspire Home. The City Watch is completely baffled, people are getting more and more nervous and not really knowing what to do. So, the mayoral office of Mayor Blumpfist, the long-standing mayor of Spyhome, has decided to put together a task force, the CCS, the Concerned Citizens of Spyhome, which is where we find ourselves now, falling in to kind of one of the regular meetings that's happening in a rather dilapidated community hall. There's a kind of circle of chairs where a group of characters are sitting. These chairs are uncomfortable, squeaky, and kind of the wood as old as the building itself falling apart. At the head, kind of at this circle, in a kind of prim dark suit and kind of small dark uh, bow tie, is a clerk um, who's kind of got a large tome and quill and inkwell on a little table by himself who is kind of scribbling notes down with a thin moustache and little pointy beard. This is Charles Beauregard. He is a representative for the mayor's office who has been put in charge of uh, the concerned citizens of Spire Home. It's a rather thin meeting. There's only four of you here. You know, so as he kind of scribbles in his notepad, he goes, well, um, okay then, um, I suppose um, we will call the meeting of the concerned citizens of Spire Home to order. We'd like to go around and introduce ourselves as ever. And he gestures to you, uh, Azul, your character. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so sitting at the corner of the table nearest to Charles on one side is a middle-aged man around his 30s who was until this point silently reading a book. He's somewhat unshaven, at least enough for his stubble to be visible, and he kind of looks like he left his house in a hurry, cufflinks undone and that sort of thing. Mm. He's got nick-length hair that looks to have been curly at some point, but it's been combed back against his head so many times that it seems that it's now straight and oil. And when he looks at Charles, you notice that he's got sharp bloodshot eyes with these dark circles around them that make it seem like they're almost caved into his skull. He shuts his book with a sigh and looks up from it. Is this really necessary? My name, as you well know, is Leon. Leon Mueller. I expect something truly interesting must have come up for you to gather us all here. He gestures around, but mainly towards a sharp-eyed young woman sitting opposite to him. Why have you called us here, Charles? Oh, I'm, I'm sure um, the concerned citizens will be very happy with what I have um, procured for all of you. Um, but let's let, let, let's let's get around the circle. Um, I'm a, I'm a man of um, uh, clerical diligence, and he kind of taps his, his notebook. And I need everyone's names for the minutes, because the minutes are the most important. He says with a kind of strangely creepy smile. Um, this man loves his minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, um, yeah, so thank you, thank you, Mr. 
Muller, and he kind of um, kind of underlines uh, your kind of second name. And uh, yes, um, mad madam, um, who would you be? And he references uh, to you, Erin. Uh, would you like to introduce your character? Oh, uh, you see a rather gaunt and meek-looking young woman sitting there, sort of clutching her arms together, just sort of looking looking around, uh, a bit unsure. She has very long, dark, matted hair, glassy grey eyes, and you notice that the hem of her skirt looks strangely dirty. There's like crusted mud at the bottom of her skirt. And after a bit of of looking around like, oh, are you talking to me? Oh, okay. She says, um, hello, um, my name is Katya Novak. Um, very nice to meet you all. And he kind of... Le- le- leans forward expectantly. And he goes, Why, thank you, Miss Novak. Right, um, yes, um, I'll just make a quick note down here. Um, and yes, I'm uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, you, 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 madam, uh, what brings you to the uh, meeting of the concerned citizens of Sparhome? Um, and gestures to you, Izzy, would you like to introduce your character for me, please? Yes. So uh, you see a very well-dressed young woman in a, a green evening gown, gloves, hat, the whole nine. She's clearly very wealthy and very in fashion. And she says, oh, Charles, you know how much I can't resist an intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, the mayor's office knows all too well, Miss Kaminsky, uh, how you can't resist um, a mystery. Your uh, your father fought a little bit more of um, a organized affair for your um, exploits. Might um, keep you out of trouble. So, yes. Thank you for coming. <laughs> he says, he says evidently tired. <laughs> like you, 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 have, you have been a fawn in the heel of the mayor's office for a while, getting over-involved. <laughs> Leon definitely stifles a laugh um, under his breath. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and anything else from you, Miss, Miss Kaminsky, uh, before we proceed with, with the meeting? Oh, well, I must say it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, I hope that I can be of some assistance. And Charles goes, yes. So do I. <laughs> anyway, um, ah, yes, our, our final member, um, would you like to introduce yourself? And I apologise, because I realise I'm going to have to talk to myself now, just very briefly. And you see, um, <laughs> Charles, um, kind of hand over to a slightly prim and proper old woman. She's about kind of her, like, kind of mid-60s, um, has a purple kind of hat on and a large black umbrella, firmly clutched um, kind of between her legs and she's kind of clutching the top of uh, the, ha- the handle and a kind of big overcoat to keep her her warm he goes oh why yes my name is miss marble and um i've come to uh to take part of the concerned citizens of spa home because i'm very concerned what's going on in the city and um the disappearance of my late husband's body has been of one of great concern to me and I will see this this mystery solved. I, I tell you, and um, I, I, I'm I'm no stranger to a good mystery. I can tell you, and I, I, I may be getting on in my years, but I'm still a spry old devil. She gives Charles a, a kind of a smile and, and an eyebrow raise. Goes, well, um, yes. What a what a group of concerned citizens we have here today. Now, some information has come to light, and as you can tell, the um the city watch has not been successful um, in any of his investigations so far. To, to put it bluntly, they've been summarily stumped by everything that has been put before them. However, I believe with your 
unique set of skills, we might have a different inroad to solving this problem. Now, before I give you some information, there is one request I would have. If you make any progress, find out who this is, discover any evidence, rather than doing what you usually would do, um, kind of running to the closest watch house and handing it to a copper, I would much prefer if you um, brought it directly to myself and the mayor's office. Really, Charles? And why is that? Well, um, having a, uh, uh, the mayor's office and obviously um, its associates being responsible for bringing these heinous crimes to a close definitely would not damage Mayor Blumfist's chances in the upcoming election. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. You don't want us to have solved the mystery. Oh, Miss Kaminsky, you are a sharp whip. Katya raises a hand. <laughs> and then he looks at you and he goes, Oh, yes, uh, Miss Novak, uh, this isn't really a hand-raising situation, but please do proceed. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what will you be doing with them? With the people who are kidnapping and stealing the bodies? The perpetrators, I believe, yes. Well, um... Yes, with the perpetrators. Depending on the extent of their crimes, I'm sure um, Mayor Blumfist will want to make a sturdy example out of them to discourage any further dark shenanigans of these kinds. Seems perfectly reasonable to me. I see. Okay, that is all. Thank you. I am not convinced. Crime and politics are too congruent for my comfort. However, for the matter present, I shall go ahead with it. The mystery is more important. Yes, absolutely. The mystery is the most important thing. I, for one, think it's absolutely splendid for the mayor to get the credit. After all, it is your city. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm glad we can all agree. And uh, Mr. Muller, if, if, if there's any concerns of um, is, oh, just um, just uh, hold on one second. Um, my, my pockets are feeling uh, rather heavy of late. And he pulls out a large coin tag and just plonks it down on the table next to me. Goes, there we go. Well, yes, if you have any um concerns of that, that this um investigation or involvement here may set you back, then please do come and talk to me. He gives you a kind of a real slimy grin. Leon slowly takes the pouch, weighs it in his hands, and puts it in his coat. Mm. I did not know that being concerned could be so rewarding. Well, isn't the greatest reward being a good citizen? He says, kind of leaning in with a grin. A good mystery, perhaps, but let us agree to disagree. Tell us, what, what information can you provide to us? What juicy details of these crimes can you give us? Oh, yes. Very well. I have managed to organise the City Watch to vacate certain areas of investigation so a fresh set of eyes can look them over. Your first port of call would be the cemetery. Um, up in the mausoleum area of Cemetery Row, that seems to be where the vast majority of these body-stealing mysteries are occurring, and there's been quite a few fresh ones of late. So, if you would all like to go there, I've organised it so the watchmen will have toddled off about their own business, and you can investigate unperturbed. Hopefully as well, um, we'll get some more information about what's going on in the West End, but I'm um, still gathering some sources on that front. Understood. Well, I would never say no to an opportunity to visit perhaps the most delightful place in this city. The cemetery? Yes, the cem- What else do you think I was talking about? We were just- Yes, uh, it, it has a brilliant view. Is that right? What a view of what? A lot of things. Well, of the dead bodies. No, that Miss Marble slams down her <laughs> umbrella. Yes, like the view of my husband's looted grave. 
Oh my. Well, that that not Yes, like that one. <laughs> Miss Marble looks at you and raises an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry to hear about your husband's body, Miss Marple. Was it a long time ago that he passed? Uh, no, it was it was only about a week ago. Oh. Oh, so his body would still be quite fresh. If you would like to phrase it that way, then yes, I assume yes. His body would be quite fresh in the ground. I, I only... Dead. And the memory quite raw, I think, is more important here? It's pretty important whether the body is fresh or not, because that's going to determine what kind of thing that we're looking for, probably. Thank you. Finally some rationality. What kind of thing? I'm so sorry. What kind of person? Right. Anyway, um, I'm I'm very sorry for your loss as well, Miss Marple. We should we should probably go to the cemetery and have a look at, at the well, at the scene of the crime. Yeah, yes, my dear, I agree. Thank you, um, for 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 your kind words. Miss Marble will not forget this. And and um, she says, here, take a sweetie. And she pushes in a um a hard candy like wrapped in a little wrapper um into your palm, pats it, and she just looks at Charles, and her demeanor changes considerably. And she goes, Beauregard. <laughs> and then walks out towards the door. <laughs> um, and Eva is going to look at Charles as well and go, Beauregard, <laughs> and then mock away and then follow her. <laughs> he, he opens his mouth about to say something, he goes, uh, and, then, and, and then just goes, make a note, <laughs> scribble something down. <laughs> who, Charles, who is that woman? Something about her concerns me the narrowed eyed and chills down your spine type of concern miss marble indeed oh um well her husband used to own and run uh, the largest consulting detective agency in the city but um let's let's just say um uh, simon marble wasn't the uh the brains of the operation that is i feel like putting it lightly given mm. what we've just experienced yeah sharp as a whip that one and just as dangerous what have we just experienced? Leon looks at Katya for a moment and opens his mouth to say something, but then pauses for a moment. <laughs> it it doesn't matter, child. Come, let us follow the widowed detective. Oh, all right. Leon strides to the door and suddenly, giving a stifling laugh, he turns around briefly and says, Beauregard? <laughs> with a wink before <laughs> laughing In that behind case, him. A very, a very confused Katya is going to turn around like, Beauregard, and then <laughs> leave. <laughs> you exit the community centre, the doors slamming behind you, echoing into the now empty room, Charles Beauregard, sitting alone, who sighs and says, oh, I need to get a new job. <laughs> As you make your way out into the streets of Spirehome. So are you heading um, towards Cemetery Row is your kind of first port of call. This is where we're kind of all, all heading. Excellent. So you hear the grumble of thunder above you as rain begins to kind of gently patter. It's very grey and murky this time of year, but things have been a lot more stormy of late. You've noticed the weather has been particularly bad, so there's no sign of getting any better. You make your way through the rain-slick cobbles of the Spirehome streets, weaving your way out from the city centre towards the east, where you find yourselves at the gates of Cemetery Row. Cemetery Row is a rather large cemetery district within the city because Spirehome is no stranger to death, so has an entire district dedicated to the dead. <laughs> So the wrought iron cemetery gates screech on their hinges in protest as they are pushed aside by you and you enter 
the grounds. It is beginning to get kind of slightly darker now and the gas lamps have all kind of been ignited and light the main path in pools of flickering orange. And you see the shapes of headstones and statues above tombs barely visible are beyond their glow in the gloom, forming sinister silhouettes out in the dark. There's a path that leads off to the kind of crematorium to your right, um, but the path that you know you probably should be following um, if you're kind of following Charles Beauregard's tip is up the hill towards the mausoleum district, which for all of you know, that's where the rich people get buried. Mm. All right. I imagine Miss Marble is ahead of us. So does she seem to have any preference in terms of what she's looking for or doing? So she stops, puts out a hand and feels the rain and pulls up her large umbrella and opens it and has this large black umbrella and she turns around to face you. Well, as um, I don't have um, much time for Charles Beauregard, but um, his tip is still a tip. And I would suggest we uh, head to the mausoleum and see what we can find. Well, it is certainly better than dilly-dallying here and what better place to start a mystery than a mausoleum shall we why yes she says giving you kind of a look after you mr muller i narrow my eyes and stare back at her for a moment before saying madam in this particular situation i shall graciously accept your invitation however it greatly concerns me that you know what Never mind. Let us proceed. And he walks forward. Thank you, Mr. Muller. How gallant of you. <laughs> yeah, I just chuckle <laughs> at that. That draws a chuckle from Miss Marble as well. Yep. Um, heading heading forward, what do we see? Uh... So, you make your way up this winding path of the cemetery until you find this area that's been reported to be the target of the grave robbings. This section of the graveyard is in utter disarray. Numerous graves have been dug up, Soil has been flung everywhere, mausoleum door wrenched open, shattered coffins littering the area, along with a number of discarded, rotting limbs that have been left behind. Whoever was here had no concern for their presence being noticed. So, to investigate, I would like you all to roll either a smart check to investigate and kind of draw some clues and kind of weave them together, or if you want to find something hidden, roll a wit check for me. Mm. I'm gonna, so is this, does this count as investigating surroundings? It does indeed, yes. Brilliant. <laughs> I got one success. One success. So I rolled smarts, got four successes and two strange, and I think I'm gonna bank the luck I rolled as well. Good lord, Leon yes. Muller, master detective. <laughs> How about you, Katya? Could I use my ability, Game Over Man, to receive guidance as to where danger may look. Ooh, excellent. Yes, yes, you may. Um, yeah. did you, do, you want, do you want to roll for it? I shall, indeed. Roll a strange check for me to sense, to sense danger. That's an exciting ability. I got three successes with three strange. Three strange. Excellent. So we're going to tick up the, the doom clock by a few. So uh, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go through and um, resolve your stuff in order. And we're going to resolve Katya's last because it might um, shift us in a slightly different direction. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Ava, you're kind of um, wandering around, probably quite gleefully, I imagine, looking at all of this carnage and a new mystery before you. And you find your foot lands in a slight divot. And as you look down, you see that you're standing in someone else's set of footprints. It appears at first that it's two sets of feet, but you begin to realise that they're actually from the same person. One foot is of kind of like a normal size, slightly larger than your own, and your kind of foot fi fitting kind of comfortably almost within its imprint. The second, however, is about three or four times the size. 
it's a much larger footprint that has a much deeper depression and from the kind of gait you can tell that this person probably has some element of a limp due to this mismatch of size and weight of leggage I don't know if that's a word, but yes, leggage. I'm going with leggage. Um, yes, it is now. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> huh. Uh, I found some footprints over here. The person who was here appears to have a bum leg. Miss Marble, with surprising speed, scurries over to you, umbrella in hand, and crouches down and kind of pokes a finger into the last of it and says, uh, more than a bum leg, my dear. I feel um, this almost looks like two different legs entirely. Two different legs indeed. And she kind of looks wistfully up into the sky, considering this new clue. Well, that can happen sometimes, can't it? I mean, sometimes people's legs don't grow properly on one side. This could be a, could be a club foot. Sometimes people's legs are different. They have different personalities. What? Oh. <laughs> I, I imagine like, you're kind of stood out in the rain and everyone gathered around his footprint all collectively turns and looks, yeah. at, looks at you at the same time. It's like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a very bewildered look in my face as well. I was like, what? That's not something I've encountered before, Katya. That's quite interesting. Oh, no, it happens. Ah. Sometimes I feel like my leg changes personality, don't you? Just the one? Young lady, you should get that checked out. I've checked it out a lot. No, not, not you. Why am <laughs> You just see like this... Just... <laughs> <laughs> face of just utter loss on Leon's face. <laughs> well, um, Miss Marble kind of looks at you kindly and says, uh, Well, my dear, if if legs have different characters, as it were, mm -hmm. of these two legs, mm. what would be your assessment? Oh, that's a good question. So Katya will come and, and look down at the footprints. Yeah, what do I see? Do I need to roll? I'm going to take this as part of your strange check. Okay, so your great. strange check, is, so, so this is going to like use one of your successes and the other two will be used for something else. Okay. As you um feel like the deep depression, you know from your transformations, when you kind of transform, there is an element of organicness to it. Mm. There, There is kind of something almost slightly kind of beastly in nature, but you feel the ridges of especially this deep divot uh, where this larger footprint is mm. it feels too geometric it feels too constructed to you it feels very wrong the character of this leg is definitely nothing near your leg and the um the other leg you you kind of look at that one and it just feels quite normal human still a regular leg the character of this other leg is something you've never kind of witnessed before but it definitely has drive purpose and a kind of plodding intensity as well as a, a heavy weight. So so just to clarify, the strange leg is larger and more geometric? Yes. In in shape? It feels sort of like it's not human or it's not would it also not be organic or it feels like it might it is organic? You feel that it doesn't feel amazingly human and it doesn't feel organic. Okay. Uh then Katya will kind of look up and say, hmm. Well, one of these legs is human, and the other is definitely not. I don't think it was even alive. Young lady, I sincerely do believe that that is something one could observe from a mere glance at the two footprints. I shall ask, out of some small hope I have, that you would have noticed something else. Did you notice anything else at all? Oh. Um, well, this one is bigger. 
and it feels very aggressive and imposing. You know what I mean? Yup, sure. Hold on, sorry, did you say that one of the legs wasn't human? Yes. So you think it was an animal? No, no, it's definitely not alive. So what is, is it, was it an indent from a machine or something? Yes, it could be a machine or it could be... Director, would I think that it might be wood or is it, does it feel even less organic than something like wood? In terms of the impression of kind of like it being wood, although the kind of rain is starting to wash it away, it would have left a bit more of an organic or natural pattern. Hmm. This is almost just a clean, flat cut into the earth. Right. Yes, I would say probably some kind of strange machine. It's very unnatural. I've never seen anything quite like it before. It feels... Very wrong. Interesting. Well, I mean, it, in theory, it should be very easy to find someone who's walking around with a, an ill-fitting prosthetic leg. It's not just a prosthetic leg. It's like a big hunk of aggressive metal. Yes, well... Mind you, this could all be a trick to convince us that the culprit is not what one would consider a traditional human being. They could have just made some sort of prosthetic metal or wood and then leaned on it while walking let us not jump into any conclusions yet mm, no i don't see any wood residue here miss <laughs> marvel stand up says a, a very astute um, observation miss novak well done here have a sweet tea and she passes you a, ho- a hard candy oh, as well thank you <laughs> Mr. Muller, and she um, shakes the edge of her umbrella just enough that it splashes you a little bit in the face. (laughs) Now, I appreciate Miss Novak's methods may not be the most um, conventional, but she has identified some very interesting points here, ones that I think are rather pertinent to our investigation. And if you are suggesting that we are dealing with a culprit who is walking normally on one leg and has constructed some form of large and heavy stilt on the other, well, I'm not so convinced of your theory. And I think Mrs. Novak's assessment of the character of the legs, something I've never come across in my detective work and times, um, is something we should be listening to. (laughs) Madam, a good detective considers all possibilities before them until evidence narrows the pool and directs us to the inevitable truth. And with that, I'm going to let you lay up all of this information of all the other stuff that you noticed because you rolled four smarts i haven't forgotten Um, (laughs) (laughs) i imagine you you basically sherlock this of a parlor parlor room scene but in the middle of a graveyard (laughs) as you wander around and you notice identifying amongst the graves as you scan over that the dates on the disturbed graves have a pattern none of the bodies have been in the ground more than a week so whoever is doing this needs their bodies relatively fresh for their plans you also notice that um, looking at all the names of all of these disturbed graves, as well as uh, the kind of mausoleums and crypts, all of the tombstones, all of the bodies that have been taken are all Jonathan's, Wesley's, Arthur's. All of these have been looted with mild abandon, whilst the Martha's and the Mildred's have been left in place. It seems to be a man's world indeed in the world of the dead, and someone has been looting just the boys, it would seem. For so what reason? You're not sure why. The last thing you realised, kind of looking around at the carnage, there is a a bit of um, what we would call a gradient of wealth as you kind of move through this area. And the richer side has been targeted more than the poor. Mm-hmm. You notice uh, kind of looking down the hill towards the not so affectionately labelled pauper's pile, a actual location spire home with a grim background once there was a plague 
and they basically buried a large amount of people in a big pile wow. which is now there is a there is a hill that is covered in soil but is mostly just bodies Damn. wow that area a kind of rich element of body parts and kind of organic matter has been completely left untouched so all of the pauper's graves have been left alone but the bodies of the rich have been looted harder than a limb smuggling robin hood so yeah that is where whoever this culprit is has hit hardest i absolutely love that idea so i guess i convey all of this pointing at different locations and clues looking all arrogant and assured of myself and i end with so as you see when you consider all of the evidence before you one truth prevails the culprit is looking for male bodies of the rich that are fresh in three points one why male perhaps it is to do with the density of the muscle or perhaps their occult ritual or surgical procedure requires the male anatomy two why the bodies of the rich i deduce it is because they are healthier and well-fed perhaps such a requirement is necessary for the bodies to withstand whatever it is that is happening though to be fair it could be something else and finally though perhaps the most concerning the culprit is looking for fresh bodies i can scarcely guess why the recently deceased are more attractive than those that have matured whatever the reason i once presented with the truth madam only one question remains unanswered what possible reason could drive someone to expropriate fresh male bodies with a privileged background she kind of like looks at you sternly and goes well done mr muller it appears i have underestimated you well done indeed however it doesn't pay anything to be a little kinder here and and rather than passing you one she goes have a sweetie and flicks one in your direction do i should i roll to catch yes yes <laughs> roll a witch check for me <laughs> uh rolling a witch check that's one success uh, zero strange with a luck and a um grit yeah it like bounces in your palm and you kind of like juggle it and you manage to it settles in your grasp so yes i think after catching it i just glare at miss marble <laughs> muttering under my breath i will say keep track of miss marble sweeties they may come in use later <laughs> um, oh okay <laughs> cool so so if, if, if you've earned yourself a sweetie mark it on your sheet yes. oh okay <laughs> i love those oh my gosh so we finally get to the rest of um, Game Over Man, the ability that allows our one catcher Novak to sense danger. And whilst this kind of standoff of detectives is happening, catcher, your attention is beginning to wander. And you get a strange feeling in your gut, one that makes you feel you should run, you should get out of the cemetery straight away. And as you look down the hill into the dark, you see a couple of shapes flitting between gravestones as cover, making their way stealthily up the hill towards you. And what would you like to do? Katia's going to run over to Mrs. Marple and sort of like clutch at her. Just be like, they're down there. Oh, who, uh, who, who's down there, my dear? The grave robbers. Well, that makes things much simpler, doesn't it? Uh, no, 
Be quiet. They're coming for us. I'm frantically looking around to see if I see anything. Roll a wit check for me. Good old wit. That is... Oh, that is terrible. One strange fail. Okay, so we're on four minutes on the doom clock. No! Um, <laughs> you, you, you look around um, into the gloom of the graveyard and you can't see anything. So what I'm going to do is before these kind of shrouded figures arrive, because Katya noticed their approach, I'm going to allow you to do something now before before they arrive mm. um so you've kind of got the drop on them you can hide you can kind of grab a weapon you can do what you feel um, is most fitting are there uh, any instruments like shovels or anything uh. weapon like so so you notice as well with your um kind of smart screens you're scrabbling around looking for a weapon you find a discarded like metal spike that was one of these iron uh-huh. gates on top of the mausoleum and as you look up you find it on the floor and pick it up and look up you realize that the metal gate's actually been wrenched open you notice the left hand side has only been pulled back a little bit but the right hand side has been almost wrenched away completely giving you this free pole so whatever was doing this you realize has an extremely strong right hand as well and, and to clarify this happened before right like the the gate being wrenched open yes yeah, yes 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 okay. so, so, but in, in your because with your form just just giving you clues because you, you're detective in it up so you've now got um it will do um two sharp damage you have like a, a cemetery spike we'll call it like a railing you've got like a bit of railing with a spike on the end yeah i reckon do you reckon my character would have already had a pistol on her oh. yeah yeah i i, I could say yourself so i'm like a little mini flintlock i think yeah yeah so in the book if i remember correctly i think a flintlock does free pierce damage but it has the reload factor. So every time you fire it, you're going to have to use an interact to reload it because famously flintlocks are, are a one-shot deal, but that will have like a long range so you can kind of keep it, uh, keep it a distance. All right, in that case, I'm going to pull out my pistol just to be ready. Cool. Are you wanting to hide at all or are you wanting to kind of stay out um, in, in the graveyard? You want to face them head on? Is there anywhere to hide around? So like the ruins of the mausoleums looking around, you think like those and some of the gravestones could be a place to hide. Okay, I'm going to dive behind a gravestone. I'm going to have a look around and see if there's any that seem like a feminine names. I figure they probably won't look too closely at the feminine graves. Nice. Ah, smart. Could you roll a whip check for me with advantage? Because I like that. That's, that's a good idea. So to explain, so minor advantage is 1d6 and major advantage is one of the d8s, one of the talent die. Okay, cool. I got uh, one success. Oh, I forgot. I had I got two luck last time as well, actually. Oh, so, so when you roll two luck, uh, just as a reminder, yeah. um, you can either, if you've succeeded, you can bank one of those luck or two if you're a fool or mm-hmm. you can take those two luck and convert them into a single success for whatever you're trying to roll. Okay, cool. Remember that for next time. But with your one success in wit, you dive behind a grave and you kind of look up and it says Lucy Westenra. You give it like a nice a nice tap and kind of begin loading your kind of flintlock pistol. How about the rest of you? Uh, what, what, what are you doing? Probably hiding in or near the mausoleum, making sure that I'm within earshot of the ridge section, but hidden. Excellent. Cool. Uh, so could you roll a wit check for me? So that's one success. So you, you scurry into um, one of the mausoleums and like stack up kind of in the corner of where the door used to be so you can kind of peer out, but you are now hidden as well. So are there no like trees or large bushes around that 
I could potentially climb or hide in. Oh, I'd say there is there is one or two rather miserable looking kind of crooked trees that kind of like arc out over the sides of, of this kind of yeah. rich area of the graveyard. Does it look like I could easily climb I think the crooked trees? Looking at your character sheet and knowing some of your abilities, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so depending on how you want to do this, mm. you can roll strange if you would like, mm -hmm. but you will risk maybe some of the more astute members of your group noticing some oddness. Although I think if you, I think they already think you're quite odd already, so, so you yeah. might be able to get away with it. I mean, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will just, I'll just try to get up the tree. Yeah, so with that, you use grit or wit then, if you don't want to use any kind of supernatural means to ascend the tree. Yeah, I won't just yet, so I'll roll for grit. That is zero successes, but I got a luck. Okay, so you begin climbing the tree. So you're kind of almost like shimmying up the tree, but you don't get in a place that's obscured. You are halfway up the trunk in full view okay. up the tree. We'll kind of like leave you there. However, I may give you another chance to clamber up um, if you so wish. Okay. As you all notice, Miss Marble, she closes her umbrella, strikes it down into the ground and is, well, standing her ground. She's facing towards uh, where you were looking, Katya, and Miss mm -hmm. Marble, this old old lady detective, is not moving an inch. She is standing and waiting. I swear under my breath and run towards her. Madam, what are you doing? We need to hide now. We do not know who approaches. Mr. Muller, if you would like to hide, then please do so. However, I intend to potentially face whoever has stolen my husband's body flat on. If you would like to hide and get the drop on them, if um, things get a little bit hairy, that would be much appreciated. But I'm very happy to stand my ground here. So, either what? stand alongside me or hide and get ready for it. That is an absurd ultimatum. You do not even know if these people are the same individuals who stole your husband's body. In fact, even if they were, what if they see you and run away? What then? Well, we'll find out, won't we? He's giving you a, a kind of wry smile. And with that, I'm going to say, because we've been ha having this yeah. discussion for a little while, you hear a metal clang ring out across the graveyard. As from the mist and behind gravestones, you see a group of raggedy individuals armed with shovels reveal themselves. They're covered in soil and have large rough spun sacks over their backs. And one of them kind of comes forward with a big broad brim hat and a scraggly beard. He goes, well, 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 you've made a mistake in coming here. And those scraps left for you, vultures. This is our turf, quite literally, and it's been disturbed. Them bodies, them ones that are left, they're ours. Off with you. And he points to the shovel tip kind of at you and Miss Marble. So at this point, because um, he's distracted by um, the people in the centre, catch it. If you want to do another roll for me to try and scrabble up the tree, um, you may. Cool. Can I, since I have failed, mm. can I grow my claws and use them to climb the rest of the way up? Absolutely. Roll, roll a strange check for me. Right. Ooh, I got no successes on the skill die, but I, I got the double on the talent die. Wonderful. Excellent. So that's going to count as two successes for strange. Great. Because you're doing something strange, you're going to tick it up by one minute. Um, so we're at five minutes past doom. As you're really struggling to hold onto this trunk, your hands slowly start to morph into these long kind of bird-like talons. The kind of tips of your fingers turning into kind of sharp claws and they dig into the side of the thing as, as feathers sprout from underneath your muddy dress and you kind of look up and go 
and just like scurry on up <laughs> yeah. kind of into the tree and um, into the branches where if anyone were to look up into the dark of the canopy they'd see a strange glint of your eyes um, kind of looking back but nothing more so you're now hidden in the canopy of the trees cool so cutting back to the centre of the graveyard the leader of these kind of grave robbers is pointing his shovel at you and goes I won't ask again we should be stoving your heads in for the damage you've done to our business. Gents, I can tell from your manner and your looks that you don't wish for trouble, and we do not wish to give you trouble. However, we'd like to persevere here for a bit longer as we're looking for a sentimental object of this lady here, and by all means look at the innocence that she exudes. Could you let us stay here for a bit longer? The command leader of the grave robbers like looks at you curiously and goes, Do we not look like we're prepared for trouble? And like what one of them is like basically like spinning like his shovel, Donatello Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style in the background, <laughs> looking very menacing. But I would say, roll a heart check for me to see if you can appeal to their whatever better nature they may have. So I, I have to ask, I do have cunning linguist. Mm. Is this a persuasion or deceiving or intimidation role? In which case I can use my smarts instead. It definitely is. Yes. <laughs> I was so hoping for this. Nice. And that was terrible. <laughs> That's one success and three strange. Three. Okay, so we're on eight minutes past two. Right, let me roll an opposing check for the leader of the Grand Robbers. Oh dear. So he kind of gives you a hearty. <laughs> My lad, do you think I was born yesterday? I am not going to leave you and your compatriot here, as elderly and unassuming she may seem, to go ahead and loot all the rest of these graves and steal any good limbs. We've got hands that we need to be harvesting. We've got a big job on, and I need them. Now, I've got to give you one last chance to clear out, or else. I look at Miss Marble. Is she giving any indication of what she's up to, or anything? She is not moving. Okay, in that case they say, Gentlemen, by all means then, go on ahead with your time-honored business. We will stay here and just take in this magnificent view. Not a bother to you at all. In fact, if you're interested in a little business proposition, perhaps we could enlighten you with another location where you can procure some, shall we say, some fresh goods. With that, you feel the handle of Mrs. Uh, Marble's umbrella smack into your chest. Never mind. <laughs> Actually, gentlemen, no, we will not. Now, I have some questions for you boys, and if you answer honestly, I will let you leave this graveyard unharmed, do you hear? Now, my husband, Simon Marble, his grave was recently exhumed beyond my wishes, and I want to know which one of you is responsible, if responsible. Now, you have one chance to answer my question before things kick off. What say you? Now, the shovel being pointed at you is matched with an umbrella being pointed back at them. We're so dead. And they all look at one another, and at this moment, they all just start this horrible, <laughs> like, laughing. Oh, I, I, I respect your stones, I must. I mean, you'd, you two would make a wonderful addition to the Grave Robbers Union, I'll tell you that. However... Are you hiring? No, son. I'm afraid not. But we are looking for fresh parts. And I'd like to roll a wit check as he swings the shovel at your head. Oh, wow, okay. Yep. Um, I'd like to jump in, mm -hmm. potentially, uh, depending on what his thing is. It's one success in one luck. One success. You manage to duck, and you see as he raises his to swing it again, Miss Marble's umbrella comes in and blocks 
his next strike. And at this point, Ava, what would you like to do? I would like to, I'm going to say they've come into view mm. for me. They haven't noticed me, but they've come into view. So at this point, I'm going to fire my pistol at the guy who is has brought the shovel down. Excellent. So the Grave Rob leader. So yeah, roll a wit check for me to fire that flintlock. That's one success, and I also got a luck. Wonderful, excellent. Mm -hmm. So you see um, the shovel come down, it's blocked by Miss Marble's umbrella, and the leader of the grave goes, my, 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 that's a mighty sturdier umbrella you got there, young miss. And then you kind of swoop up from behind the gravestone, line up the flintlock, and fire. And her iron pellet flies through the air and shoots him through the shoulder. And as he staggers back, he goes, oh, I've been shot. Lads, they've got a shooter. They've got a shooter. And at this point, Katya, as you are also in stealth, you may now make a make an action. Could I feasibly drop from the tree onto one of them? Yes, I'm gonna say they've been kind of like sweeping out to the sides. One kind of coming towards uh, closer where you are, Ava, and one foolishly now wandering underneath the tree where you are perched, Katya. So if you would like to jump down, what would you like to do? Like what attack would you like to do? Um, so I would like to to jump down and have my claws out mm -hmm. and just aim for those to go somewhere on his flesh. Okay. Um, right, how, how much damage do your claws do again? I believe they do three piercing damage. Wonderful. Okay, roll a strange check for me. No! I got zero! I got one luck though. Oh my gosh. So I'll, I'll allow you to bank that luck, yep. but what happens is this. You jump and everyone just hears this like a screech as you're kind of like diving towards him <laughs> and just you hear a like that as you just like land in the bush kind of like next to him and roll out and you take one <laughs> blunt damage because you did just dive out oh, of a tree miscalculated <laughs> seeing this i'd like to say did i mention we're not alone in the hopes that like i can just kind of cover that <laughs> no. nice Unfortunately, the battlefield just paused as you just saw somebody fall out of a tree <laughs> I will say though, you still have like an interact or like another move. If you'd like to move elsewhere, you may. Okay, then I'll just kind of scramble maybe around to the other side of the tree. Excellent. Okay, yeah. So you give yourself some cover so that one of the grave robbers is going to have to come a hunting to come and get you now. Yeah. And speaking of grave robbers, we're going to go to the grave robbers next. So now we've got an order established, the way it's going to work. So we've got Katya and Ava at the top of the order going first because they kind of got the drop on everyone. Then we've got our grave robbers and we've got Miss Marble and Leon together. So let's start with the grave robber leader who's going to draw back his shovel and he's going to take a swing at Miss Marble who deftly and quite swiftly uh, for someone of her age basically sidesteps out of the way and like an expert fencer bats his shovel like down into the ground so it like sticks into the ground. He's like, oh blimey. So then our second grave robber is going to come round, try and sneak round side of the tree and seeing you kind of lent up against the tree, he's going to try and like swing his shovel around and like flatten your head against the tree, Katya. Damn. Oh. And he misses. You just manage to like yes. duck down just in time as the, the shovel clangs against the tree. And the uh, last grave robber, Ava, please goes, she's got a shooter. Get her, Jerry, get her. And uh, he kind of tips down his shovel like a bayoneted kind of rifle, screams and begins charging towards you. And he gets free grit. So you're going to take four blunt damage as the tip of the spear 
digs deep into your shoulder and Ooh. kind of pierces down um, quite deep. And he goes, I've got her, boss. i got her. And it's just like, <laughs> they're just like whacking you with a shovel. Uh, do I need to make a note of that in my like lifeline or anything like that? Or Yeah, so she should have um, 16 points on your lifeline. So I want you to take four wounds. Okay. Oof. Yeah, because you got a crit hit. It's quite a uh, nasty hit you took there. And that brings us to Miss Marble and Leon. Leon, what would you like to do? <laughs> so in, in no means did I expect this to escalate to this point. And, and I'm not a particularly confident individual when it comes to combat. Is there somebody that seems otherwise distracted uh, that I think that I could have a chance of handling given that I'd, I'd be taking them by surprise, essentially? You can see that the lead grave robber is very um, occupied dueling with Miss Marble. He has made an assessment and has decided that she is the primary threat. Of course. So I would consider him distracted enough. Yeah, so I think in that case, again, swearing under my breath, not wanting to do this to begin with, I just stab directly at him with my, um, I would call it a cemetery spike. Yes. <laughs> Roll a grit check for me. Sure thing. God damn it, that is zero successes, one strange to it. So we're on nine doom on the doom clock as you kind of yell and charge forward your cemetery spike and find yourself slipping and sliding on the mud and you basically just slide past. But with your one wit, you manage to dig your cemetery spike into the ground and keep your footing. Is there anything else you'd like to do? I'm going to shout out, this is why I don't like fighting. <laughs> and just... Would it count as movement to just get myself up onto my feet at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. you can make sure that you're kind of up and ready to kind of make your next move. Yeah. And that is going to bring us to Miss Marble, who with a flourish is going to do a series of dueling strikes with her umbrella against the Grave Robber leader. And you see a tap, a hit, a strike down to the leg, um, which takes him to one knee. She twizzles the umbrella in her hand and clocks him in the temple uh, with a handle, and he is not out. <laughs> um, and, and you hear her say, well, I suppose we'll resume this conversation a little later. Anyone else need any help? <laughs> and she just kind of like starts to turning around. How did you? So that brings us to Katya and Ava. So Ava, you've just been stabbed in the shoulder with a very sharp shovel. What would you like to do? So the one that Miss Marble just took out was not the one who has a shovel in me currently, right? Yeah, no, you've got one of the little stringy um, grave robbing assistants. Yeah. You shot the leader who's now unconscious on the floor. So if I were to try and hit this guy in the head with my pistol, yeah. it, was he in arm's reach for me to do that? Yeah, yeah, you could definitely like club him hard with your, your pistol mm -hmm. if you wanted to. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Cool. So yeah, so that's going to be a grit check uh, for me, please. Mm -hmm. I have a luck. Can I use that? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, if you add, that into your, add that into your pool. Okay, that's one success. Cool. You um clutching your shoulder, you flip your flintlock in your hand, so you're grabbing it by the barrel, and you kind of whip him across the head, deal him a couple of wounds, and he staggers back, kind of clutching his head, going, oh, blimey, ah, Jesus. It kind of seems a little bit confused. Is there anything else you'd like to do? You've managed to get him away from you a little bit. I, I'll take this opportunity to reload my pistol. Fantastic. Yes. So, so as he staggers back, you very quickly and quite expertly load in your shot, your gunpowder, and it's primed and ready to go um, for your next turn. Katya, what are you doing? Um, you're currently crouched behind a tree. Mm -hmm. what, what, what would you like to do? I think I will use natural affinity since the claws haven't worked out that well. And she's pretty scared. So if I can... I'd like to use natural affinity to ask the tree to restrain the enemy. Excellent. Okay, uh, roll a strange check for me. I'm just going to go ahead and add luck, <laughs> just in case. 
And good thing, because I rolled one success. <laughs> one success. That is enough. This crooked, creepy tree begins to groan as um, the grave robber comes around the corner and sees you kind of focusing. He says, <laughs> got you now, little miss, and raises his shovel to kind of hit you. But then, like, a creeper shoots out and basically grabs the shovel and it's pulled out of his hands. He's like, oh, what's going on? And all of a sudden, <laughs> you see the tree bends over almost like a giant hand. Its branch is folding around, picks him up, and goes like that, and then just like kind of, hey, put me down! This tree's cursed. It's got a ghost in it. Put me down! <laughs> like you just hear me cry, crying up from the canopy. So yeah, that grave robber is I'm just going to put incapacitated by a tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. So, so it's going to get to the grave robbers. One is unconscious. One is in a tree. One has been clocked around the head. I'm going to roll a morale check um, for him. But he rolls too strange. He deeply fails. He's terrified. He's clutching his head and goes, "Sorry, boss. No amount of hands." is worth this and begins to run away into the shadows <laughs> of the graveyard um so he's going to yes. use his full turn uh, just to flee so he is now gone so we're out of combat you now have the unconscious kind of leader of the grave robbers and you've got another one stuck up a tree currently being kind of restrained by it it's going put me down you just hear echoing across the graveyard uh, what would you like to do i'm going to brush off what mud and muck is on my coat and clothes and walk towards ava I've got the medic score, so I'd like to use that. It's a CR1 smart check, and it allows me to heal someone. Fantastic. Roll a smart check for me. Mm -hmm. Cool. That was two successes and two strange. Okay. So with an additional success, if I remember correctly, the medic skill heals two wounds, and for every extra success, it heals an extra wound. Yes. So you kind of pull out some bandages um, and kind of like antiseptic fluid and quickly set to work on bandaging up Ava's wound. So Ava, you can restore three wounds. Amazing. Yeah, and while I do that, I say, nothing to worry about. We'll get you sorted. There you go. Everything's spick. <sighs> Thank you. Oh, bloody hell, that really hurts. Yeah, that was... And I turn to Miss Marble and say, Credit where credit is due, madam. That was... Who are you? Well, my dear boy, I'm Miss Marble. (laughs) More importantly, did that tree pick up a man? And as you mentioned that, you see Katia. Katia will retract her claws now that things are obviously over. And uh, you see Katia just walking over to almost directly under where the man is hanging in the tree and just kind of looking up at him, looking very curious and just sort of like studying him. And you'll hear from the top of the tree, yes, the bloody tree did pick me up. Now get me down. (laughs) I suppose it did. I'm sorry, but you have to ask the tree nicely if you want to be put down. Miss Novak, is that your pet tree? Uh, No, no, it's just a tree. Right. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. I will try and ask the tree if I may be let down. You <laughs> <clears throat> like a clearing of a throat from the top of the tree. Oh, glorious woody one, please. I did not mean to besmirch your birch. Please <laughs> allow me to descend through your branches peacefully. Please let me go. And I'm going to roll a heart's check so we can convince the tree to let him down. <laughs> <laughs> you hear, oh, it pisses me loose in its grip. Oh, wait, oh, oh. But you just hear, uh, as, you, as you hear, oh, ah, ah, oh, as the tree is evidently just <laughs> let him go, but very abruptly, and he kind of hits the ground in a crumpled mess and is also unconscious. I believe we have our next clue. And Katya just says, oops, and then like pats the tree and says, 
Thank you, tree. It does the kind of like whomping willow, like like kind of shudder um, as it <laughs> yes. resettles its branches and kind of spreads back out and looks like it did before, like it had never moved an inch. So you now have two unconscious um, grave robbers that you drag the kind of body next to the kind of leader of the grave robbers and Miss Marble is well, suppose we can wake these two boys up and give them a good questioning. Anyone fancy waking one of them up? Let's let's tie them up first and then wake the leader. He probably knows the best if you all think that's a good idea. Um, yes, I, I think that would be quite a wise idea. Uh, who, who out of the three of you would most likely have some rope? Definitely not me. Mm. I might have, like, like yarn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that. You, you pull out some yarn and you do a very complicated binding. <laughs> yeah. That looks like it should be quite weak, but from the series of knots, it means that it's very difficult for the, Like a, an intense cat's cradle, but they can't <laughs> yeah, escape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So, yes, they are yarn cuffed. Once they're yarn cuffed, I look at the others for their approval before slapping him awake. Which one were we slapping awake? Was it the leader or, or the assistant? I was a leader. Okay, you uh, kind of tap his face, tap his face, he doesn't move, and then you give him a good slap, and then he kind of sits upright, and goes, oh, cool, blimey! Oh, oh. And he just kind of looks up, looks at Miss Marble, goes, oh, and just like shuffles, shuffles away from her, and being like, oh, you, you devilish old stoop crone, you knock me for six. What on earth is this? Oh, why can't you use rope like a normal person? Oh. <laughs> and just struggling against it. We we will aspire to use rope next time. Please do. I don't know. This seems pretty successful. Surprisingly so. He, he kind of gives you all a baffled look and kind of goes, oh, all right then, get on with it, shoot me, whatever. Roll me into one of these graves. I don't really mind. Really? That actually sounds quite entertaining. Unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, we aren't here for trouble. Wait, are we? And I turn towards the others. I've had far too much excitement for one evening. My goodness. Uh, Katia shakes her head. It seems it is as I said, good fellow. What we do want is to ask you some questions. But before we get into that, are you willing to answer or will we be going through the whole I ain't gonna answer for nothing and then we'll have to torture you and then you finally let your tongue loose. But by that point you've lost several fingers and we've lost time. I'll tell you what, to be completely honest, we do prefer the latter option. But I am an understanding gentleman, so we are offering you the easy option as well. What say you? Look lads. You beat me fair and square. And by fair and square, I mean I just got trounced by a 65-year-old woman and ambushed in my place of work. So I feel like I don't really have a leg to stand on or hands to use thanks to this bloody yarn. So he <laughs> kind of tips his hat to you and goes, Algernon Tipple, at your service. What can I do you for? I have to admit, you're probably the most understanding and rational grave robber I've ever met. Well, we, we get a bad rep. I understand this, I understand. This is exactly why I've always said that your organization needs more marketing. I've reached out several times outlining the fact that you provide an important service to this town and more people need to see and understand this. You feel the sharp whack of the hilt of uh, the umbrella in your chest once again and you hear just a no more sweeties for you, Mr. Muller. Mr. Muller, I am injured. It is late. I've never been stabbed before in my life. I am in no mood for this. Do not go praising the grave robber. Get on with it and question him. The man says he's going to tell us whatever we want to know. Stop dilly-dallying and just ask him. Okay, okay. I hear you both well. I apologize. This is my fault. 
I turn back to the grave robber and say, here's my card, let's talk later. <laughs> As my companions most graciously indicated, we are searching for the very much dead, but beloved sentimental body of this woman's husband. Do you know where it is, or if any member of your organization stole it, uh, procured it? Um, possibly someone with a really aggressive metallic leg. Well, that, my dear, is a very specific question and description. Um, possibly. I've, I, I, I've never really characterized one's legs before, but I feel it's something I'll pay attention to more in the future. Um, Please don't. <laughs> well, you see, basically, the Grave Robbers Union, the past couple of months, we've had a bit of a tough time. Usually, this turf's ours. Like, it's it's relatively easy to procure bodies. Um, you know, we always clean up after ourselves. We don't leave a right raw mess like this. We don't like to be disturbed. Half the, half the graves in here are probably empty. You just wouldn't know it because we do a proper job. We use our shovels, we pat the earth back down, put flowers back down. We're, we're mightily respectful when we're robbing the dead. Of course, and might I add, very good work. Always when I visit this marvellous attraction, and you've just finished doing what you do, the whole site seems renewed with a vigour that can only be brought by the cool, serenading smell of graves. So I mean, carry on as you were seeing the faces of the others. Exactly. It's, 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 it, it, I, I appreciate it, though. It's good to have one's work respected. However, recently, someone, as you can evidently see, and he gestures to the kind of absolute mess around you, has been robbing graves and has not been making much of a secret about it. It's uh, been rather bad for business, so me and the boys have been patrolling the cemetery row and trying to... Well, catch the culprit in the act and put a stop to it so we can go back to robbing graves the proper way. Of course. Have you seen anyone? So, me and the boys have been keeping a, a good eye out and we've seen a... Apparently there's been some sightings at a distance of a rather tall fella in a big black trench coat and a hat. A bit of a limp. Walks a bit funny. However, it's only been at a distance. However, we have heard, with some similar reports from some drinking friends down in the West End where them horrible kidnappings have been taking place, that someone, smelling of grave soil and dirt, not us, we always clean up before we go to the pub, has been wandering around them alleyways wearing a very similar get-up. So, to put two and two together, which the City Watch seems completely incapable of doing, I would say that these grave robins... And these snatchings taking place in the West End are most likely connected. Oh. That is an interesting theory. Yes, and we haven't seen many graves being robbed down here in, in, a, in the past week or so. But if you notice, a lot more people have been disappearing in the West End of late. So I think he's moved territories. Yes, and targets. From the dead to the living. Do you know of any particular locations in the West End where this person happens to consider their hunting grounds? Any times, any dates? Well, I've got a rough area, I could imagine. However, that would um, require me to, to take you there and to, um, well, buy me a drink for my trouble. I can definitely do that, yes. And in fact, it would be an honour to delight in the poisons of the night with you, good sir. I don't know, we could just leave you here tied up all night. Yes, I rather like that plan. Miss Marble looks around. Well, Miss Novak, as I would like to agree with you and Miss Kaminsky, unfortunately, this dirty devil appears to have some use. So I guess lead the way. Mr. Tipple, was it? It was indeed, ma'am. 
well, um, and he kind of does that awkward thing if your hands are tied and you're trying to stand up off the floor. It's like, yep, no, nobody helped me up, obviously. Yep, definitely not a problem at all <laughs> as, as he kind of uh, stands up. If you would like to follow me, the West End is this away. West, obviously. And, and begins to kind of wander off into the graveyard. That's come on. Pub's all shut in a five hours, and we want to make sure we get some good drinking time. I mean, investigating time, of course. <laughs> Understood. Lead the way then, Pipple, and I follow. Can Algernon Tippett be trusted? What will our detectives find in the dark alleys of the West End? And who, or what, is behind these body snatchings? Find out on the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. We would also like to thank our patrons, Benjamin Tay, Adrian, Jesse Wesson, Bonnie Cohen, thank you all for your support. We could not do it without you. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready. Ready.